everybody. Everybody take your seats. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I've been looking forward to this all week long. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Just do it. It's free. No health screenings. You can do that when you buy your hunting and fishing license. You know the drill. Help save some lives. I, your host, Brian Pointer. Been looking forward to this show all week. Of course, after Notre Dame's crushing uh, embarrassing defeat of which I was present and left because it was so miserable. Uh, it's everything was had to have looked better than that. So I have been looking forward to the Indiana Outdoor Show today, and I'm glad that you are with us as well across Network Indiana. Big announcement from Kevin Renfro, Renfro Productions. You know him from the Boat Sport and Travel Show, Great Family, the Fall RV Show. And Boat Show is going to be taking place next weekend. We're going to find out all the details about that. Plus, just kind of catch up with one of my favorite people. And he's on hold, so we're not going to make this too long. But I am very much looking forward to uh, an extended conversation with Jack Spaulding. A few weeks ago, Jack Spaulding, one of Indiana's legendary uh, old-timer outdoor writers, been a mentor to me since the start of this show and to so many others. Uh, he's going to be back with us. We just ran out of time. Uh, that happens sometimes. And I said, Jack, make sure that we're going to have you back. So we got plenty of time coming up at the end of the show, or in the second half of the show, talking to Jack. And he's been working on some interesting projects about the restoration of wildlife and other things. And anytime Jack takes on a project, he's always riddled with great intel and put such care into his writing and of course he's full of great humor so i am looking forward to jack spaulding and i hope that you are too and with that i want to make sure that we have plenty of time for kevin renfro and all the great folks at renfro productions he's going to be talking about the fall rv show when we return we're brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org don't go anywhere i am looking forward to having you back right after this What a great day to be alive. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Beautiful fall, early fall, always great. We're brought to you by our good friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives. And number two, thank you so much for signing up to be that organ and tissue donor when you can buy that hunting and fishing license. It's so convenient. Now, no better better time to buy a hunting and fishing license because we've got so many things to look forward to already, some uh, seasons in and people enjoying the outdoors. Uh, it's just a great time of the year. And it's always great when we can visit with our good friends who've been here with us for a long time. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, Kevin Renfro, Renfro Productions. You know him as the Boat Sport and Travel Show. It's great to visit with you. How you been? You got a lot to look forward to, I'm sure, coming up here with uh, getting ready to be in the hunting woods and all that good stuff. But let's take a minute and find out how you been. We've been doing great. Uh, Brian, it's uh, it's great to uh, we, we had a, a, a fantastic boat sport and travel show last February. So we're uh, you know getting through COVID and everything. We we're great to be back in uh, kind of the rhythm of uh, doing our shows again. And uh, I I am so looking forward to this fall. Uh, the fall brings so much, uh, especially if you're a sportsman and you fish and hunt, especially. 
hunting coming up. I can't wait to get into the woods and do some hunting. Well, me either. Uh, it's going to be upon us here in less than a month. We've got archery season that yep. opens. We've got some urban uh, special zone hunts that start here next week, so it's all good. You know, I want to hover here just for a second because you mentioned the rhythm of being back in the shows, and I know for the last couple of years there's been no rhythm. There was no show for a year. Uh, you acquired the Cincinnati show in the middle of all this, so I would imagine because you've shared this with us before, you guys have a rhythm and a pace and 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 things that you do at certain times of the year. And when that's been all off, you pulled it off in such a huge way. And the crowds were massive. the The weather was great, and the, all the content was fantastic. So it's kind of nice to get that one under your belt and now back into the swing of things. Oh gosh, yes, you have no idea. Uh, you know, and it's it's interesting. Uh, even through through COVID, there's uh, if there's uh, any kind of silver lining, it's it's there for the everybody that the show represents as far as the outdoor uh, recreation industry goes. Many of those exhibitors had just incredible year uh, going through COVID um, because people were kind of locked down. Well, what did they do? Well, they wanted to, to spend time with their family get outside, you know, buying kayaks, fishing poles, you know, RVs. We had uh, a lot of the RV dealers have said they sold RVs to people they never thought they would ever sell an RV to. Um, so just the appetite for people to get outdoors and enjoy the outdoors it, it, it was a great story of it all. Um, you know, the you little know, the little so, things that come out of the show, I know I saw you and your staff and Mitch a few times out there and you know, RVs were a big thing, and I know that supply chain and production and manufacturing couldn't, you know, there was just people wanted what wasn't able to be made fast enough, and that was great. But you had some first-time RV dealers selling way, way high-end stuff and said that they'd never seen anything like that. Exactly, and uh, which kind of is a good segue going into uh, our our first show for our season is the Fall Boat and RV Show. It's our 33rd annual, and we haven't done that show since uh, 2019. So this is the first year back uh, because of COVID and the supply chain issues, of course, that everybody talks about. Oh, that's so um, good. But, that's great news. And I tell you, here's the interesting thing, too, is the RV industry, unlike some of the other industries with uh you know power sports and boats and that kind of stuff there's this huge 22 inventory of rvs so the rv industry always comes back pretty strong when it comes to manufacturing and stuff and they got to the point where they actually have too much uh 2022 inventory and i've never seen the motivation in all the 33 years of doing this show uh, for the RV, dealer, RV dealers to come into the show with the idea of they've got to clear space on their lots for the 23 stuff. So how that benefits the consumer is they are ready to deal. They need to get make room uh, for this over inventory. And so there's probably never been a better year, Brian, to come to the fall show. And then the same thing for boats. We've got a lot of used boats and new boats, year-end models. Um, so it should be an interesting show. Well, let's hover here because you haven't had this show since 2019, and it's great to hear that through all the logistics and everything else that it's going to happen. So give us some details on that, and what's that going to look like? Of course, it's the Renfro Productions. It's always first rate. It's the fall RV and boat show, but tell us more. Well, this show, 
you know, historically, uh, it, it's exactly what it is. It's kind of a year-end clearance sale. It's a no-frills uh, type show. It's it's a serious show for people in the market to buy a boat and an RV. So having said that, there's no jumping dogs. There's no fishing seminars. You know, there's none of all the, uh, you know, kayak pools and all that kind of stuff in the show. It's it's basically the dealers come in. It's a, it's a barn sale. Literally, it's a barn sale. I love and, it. Uh, and, you know, and if you're seriously, if you're interested in getting a good deal on a newer use, and you can also bring in your trade-in. You have the ability to bring your trade-in to the fairgrounds. Dealers are going to deal on trade-in stuff. And the other thing, too, is what I'm hearing from the dealers is that they're going to have special pricing at this show for the three days that it's on that you're not going to ever find in on the lot. So they have been working uh, to uh, price units to move. Uh, and they're serious about it. So if, if you're in the market, it's a good place to come. But uh, don't look for any fishing seminars or anything like that. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's come and check out. And half the uh, West Pavilion will be full of uh, RVs, and the other half will be full of boats. We're visiting with Kevin Renfro, Renfro Productions. We started with a recap of what a great show it was, the Boat Sport and Travel Show, the big granddaddy of them all back in February, and just announced that the fall RV and boat show is back, and that is great news because there was some struggles in the industry, and what I heard you say is that just like everything else, it's rebounded in a big way, and now the inventory is too much on the lots, and these folks are ready to come in and help consumers put some RV fun in their lives. And, you know, it's always been interesting to me because Indiana is such a an RV production mecca. We've got three or four of the biggest, uh, and that's it, that they make here in this state. And it's a huge part of our economy. And, of course, you're very close to all the dealers of those RVs. And are they optimistic about the economy and, and people still wanting to spend money? What are they seeing since the world has changed in the financial terms since February, hopefully they're optimistic and not looking to uh, the harbinger of doom and gloom to come. No, I think all the, everybody that I've talked to is optimistic. Um, is there a bit of a slowdown? Sure. And I think that uh, we're all, uh, we all see that happening and that sort of thing. But as, as far as the outdoor recreation industry, it's still very robust. And, and, you know, it's kind of like if you think back to 2008 when we had the big crash there, uh, people still wanted to get out and recreate with their families, you know, and that's the first thing that, that people do when times uh, seem to be tough uh, and that kind of stuff. What's the first thing, that, first thing that they revert to? And I think it's the outdoors and recreation and spending time with your family. Well, if you learned so, anything from COVID and this lockdown and people being turned away because there were too many people in our state parks. I mean, it makes sense that, mm -hmm. you know, if you've got some disposable cash and you want to get into an RV, it's inexpensive. It's certainly exactly, it's recreational. It's mobile. You can get in your car. You don't have to, you know, it's not airplanes. I'm done traveling on airplanes. Uh, the, the mess that we've got in our airports and, and rental cars and everything else. What an opportunity. And I think people have learned and conditioned themselves Listen, if if we can go out to the fall RV and boat show and get ourselves into 
whatever it is, whether it's a pop-up, a pull-behind, a fifth wheel, a, a, you know, the big expensive stuff, whatever it might be, this is a great opportunity to do it because times have never been better as far as motivation from these dealers to get rid of them. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the thing about it, when you pull the trigger on an RV, um, you know, if you were to take just draw a 100-mile circle uh, around Indianapolis, just 100 miles, there are so many wonderful things to do, uh, places to go camping and that kind of thing that are just like a, a, a one-tank trip to where you can go out, you know, get your RV set up and just forget about everything, spend time with your family, enjoy the outdoors and the recreation. And with the Internet, you know, it just takes a little bit of searching on, hey, where can I go, you know, this weekend or this week with my boat or my RV? And uh, so it's it's just a great thing, you know. You know, we talk every week almost – at least a couple times a month with our friends at parks, uh, Indiana State Parks. They've never looked better. Campgrounds have been full f- through this entire season. The fall will continue to be the same. Uh, they're making improvements with some deferred funding that's finally been made available. It's not the sexy stuff, but to make things even more convenient and uh, long-term functioning stuff. So I have been to all of these parks at one time or another camped in most of them where they have camping available and you're within an hour every hoosier's within an hour of some place where you can go so this yep. this rv stuff is is just i'm very uh i've been toying with it myself thinking about getting something just to i'm a mobile guy i'm a spontaneous guy i don't necessarily want to get out and plan weeks and months and buy expensive plane tickets but man i'd love to get simple pull behind and go go out and camp for a couple of days and campfire helps you see things in a different light doesn't it boy isn't that true sitting around a campfire absolutely there's no better thing than sitting around a campfire with your friends and family and that sort of thing and you know the other side of it too is even though you know the gas prices have have gone up and that sort of thing still like you said it's just a one tank trip can put you into the outdoors and into uh wonderful indiana uh woods and we have some incredible state parks and uh that you can go to and just like you i think i've been to all of them that's camped in most of them that you can just like you have and uh so uh, it's a it's a good time to uh you know here's the other thing too i kind of think if you've been thinking about an rv or boat you know what why why wait you know why why waste the time there's no time like now to start doing the things that you want to do and and if you can do it I say pull the trigger and you'll never regret, uh, you know, buying a, a boat or an RV. You know, I've, uh, my mantra this year has been, if not now, when? And I've done some great stuff and it's been fun and exciting. So I couldn't agree with you more. Real quick in the short time we have left, let's make sure we talk about the details, where and when and all that good stuff. Uh, so one thing I've got to ask, Brian, before I tell you that, have you been out dove hunting? with you last uh, season or two ago, but I haven't been out yet. You haven't? I haven't either. And uh, I need to get out because, you know what, if you can get those doves dialed in, uh, it makes duck hunting a lot easier. Oh, I just I just felt like saying that. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. And, <laughs> you know, it's <clears throat> that's kind of like morel hunting. You know, if you've got a dove field 
it's like where if you know where the morels are, you got to be pretty close to somebody to get an invitation because that's a fun thing to do. And uh, I've done it many times, but I haven't been out yet this year. That came in, of course, here a couple weeks ago, and I've seen some great pictures and people having fun. So maybe we ought yeah. to figure out how to make that happen. I think we should. But uh, so, anyways, but yes, the fall show is coming up. It's at next week. It's it runs a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, September twenty third to the twenty fifth. You can get your tickets online if you go to our website, IndieSportsShow.com, and click on the fall show. All the details are there. Um, and we have uh, advanced sale uh, ticket prices, we, our day of show online price, and then our box office price. So uh, the online price, if you buy your tickets online, you're going to save a dollar to come in. Uh, and uh, all that information, the hours and everything are on the website, but it runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday next week, September 23rd to the 25th. Oh, that's awesome. As always, my friend, it's great to catch up with you. Great announcement that next weekend is the Fall RV and Boat Show. I know that makes you happy. It's going to make a lot of Hoosiers happy. Get yourself in there and buy yourself that RV, that boat you've been thinking about. And as you said, if not now, when? Just go and pull the trigger. Kevin, let's catch up. And next time, a little closer, maybe in the fall, we'll uh, be talking about the Boat Sport and Travel Show coming up in February, along with your Cincinnati show. Sounds great, Brian. Great to visit with you. My pleasure. Enjoy your great weekend. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Don't go anywhere. We're going to catch up with the legendary Jack Spaulding when we return right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Of course, we're brought to you by our good friends at that the Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Couldn't be any easier. You can help save up to eight lives and heal up to 75 others. Just think about that. Do some great work. Many thanks to our guest, Kevin Renfro, Renfro Productions. So thrilled that the first of the fall RV show fall rv and boat show haven't had one since 2019 is back always great to catch up with him and all the great stuff that they do uh providing good opportunities to get out and spend a little money as we did a couple weeks ago i love visiting with our outdoor rider friends none better than the legendary jack spaulding and my gosh we got off into a great conversation and then wouldn't you know it jack that uh, they tried to kick me out of the studio and said the show was going to be uh show is over so i said well that's not good enough because jack spaulding gets all the time that he wants and it's great to have you back how you been oh great great brian i can't complain that uh, well blessed uh, god's been good to me well amen to that and i know that uh you know you have been around uh, the outdoor riding business for a very long time since the mid 80s and you've written so many great columns and memorable pieces you've got such great humor You've written several books, but, uh, you know, I reached out to you a few weeks ago and you, you were talking about the good old days of wildlife. And I said, you know, that's a great project. And I know if Jack's working on it and I know how diligent you, uh, look into things, I said, I need to talk more about that. So where'd this project start and tell me some things about the good old days of wildlife that, that you've found and some tidbits that you're working through. 
Well, it's uh, hard to imagine, but uh, 65 years ago here in Indiana, we didn't have any wild turkeys. Yep. It's, uh, and uh, uh, they had uh, been uh, totally eradicated from the state about the turn of the 19th century. Uh, I uh, once asked an audience what group was responsible for the reintroduction of the eastern wild turkey to Indiana. The answers were all over the board. Uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Occupy Society, and somebody even said the Boy Scouts. No one came up with the right answer. Brian, you got any idea? Well, um, I don't. I'm, I'm going to make a fool of myself because I probably would have said the Turkey Federation too. Well, no, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, uh, the culprit. And bringing back the turkey to uh, Indiana was the United States Navy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Explain. Do tell. Okay. Around 1956, the commander of the Crane Naval Depot in uh, Martin County. Yep. Disappointed to learn the rich habitat of the military base didn't have any wild turkeys. The commander had enjoyed hunting wild turkey in the southern part of the United States and greatly missed the sport. And all of us who served know the military is capable of many things, and the higher the rank, the greater the cost. <laughs> Shoemaker Naval Depot in Arkansas was contacted and given a top-secret assignment. Shortly thereafter, the commander of Grain and a hand-picked support team met one of the supercargo carrier aircraft on the air, aircraft runway to offload two mysterious tarp-covered boxes. <laughs> The two boxes were cages containing four wild turkey hens and one wild turkey tom. The birds were quickly ushered off to a secluded location on the base and released. Chances of survival of this tiny flock were slim, and I do mean slim. If anything happened to the lone male, it was over. Right. By the grace, <laughs> yeah. But by the grace of God, good habitat, control from poaching, and isolation from tame turkeys. The flock rapidly expanded. By the winter of 60-61, it was estimated there were from 100 to 200 wild turkeys on the Indiana Naval Base. That is a fantastic story. In the winter of 1960, the Pittman-Robertson Grouse Turkey Investigator received permission to trap and transport birds from the military facility. Let's just say the trapping expertise of the Hoosier conservationists were as keen as the catch team at Shoemaker Naval Depot. At the end of almost a year, only three birds had been captured, two hens and one tom, which were then relocated to Brown County State Park. And believe it or not, they even got worse at it. The next winter of trapping, attempts proved to be even more dismal, a more dismal failure with only one gobbler captured for release at Brown County State Park. In 1963, the success of turkey trapping amounted to only three hens, which were released to Brown County. However, not to despair, Indiana had an unbelievable population of rough grouse at that time. And their biologist's ability to capture grouse was far better than their turkey's temps. So Indiana got smart and struck a deal with her neighbors in the Show Me State. And Missouri agreed to trade wild turkeys for 80 Indiana rough grouse. Really? Yeah. The first trade proved to be 70 grouse for uh, 21 turkeys, which were released in the Tell City area of the Hoosier National Forest. The following more were received for grouse and released in the Harrison Crawford State Forest. 
The new agreement in 1965 called for 60 grouse for 15 turkeys. Indiana honed its turkey trapping skills, and in 1968, 13 birds were captured in Perry and Harrison counties and released in Martin County. In 1969, 25 birds were taken from the Mogan Ridge area in Perry County and released in Pike and Jackson, Washington State Forest. History was made in 1970 when 100 hunters from 150 applicants participated in the first modern-day Indiana-sanctioned wild turkey hunt. Over the four-day hunt, most of the 60 who actually hunted heard or saw wild turkeys while six hunters got their gobblers. Interesting. So the the first take in that hunt was a total of six gobblers. There's a reason for that. They're smart, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Today, the estimated number of hunters uh, this spring was 65,254. Most who uh, didn't have a lifetime license spent $32 uh, for their chance to take a wild turkey. And what did we get this year, somewhere between twelve and 13,000 birds? Yeah, it, uh, that's an estimated success rate of about 19%. And it's and, been that uh, way, yeah. Yeah, from those five birds uh, back in 1956, our statewide flock is now estimated to be around 120,000 birds. Jack, that is fantastic, and that's why I love talking to you. And I, can you stay with us through a break? Because I want to continue our conversation and uh, kind of go a little deeper on this. So can you stay with us? Sure, be more than happy to. It is my privilege to be visiting with the legendary Jack Spaulding. I, your host, Brian Pointer. It is the Indian Outdoor Show. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to continue this great conversation with Jack. He's got so much more to talk about. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. It's beautiful. Mid-September, fall, football, festivals, campfires, it's all here. It's coming. Great uh, seasons have already kicked off, and we got more to come. It's hard to believe we're a month away from the start of archery season in the state of Indiana for our white-tailed deer, which I want to talk to my friend Jack Spaulding about because what a great story about the wild turkey. Jack is one of the most legendary, widely read outdoor writers, been a great mentor and friend to me, and that was a great story about the wild turkey. But I'm reminiscent of the fact that when my dad was – starting to hunt uh you know mid 50s ish is my guess um there were no there were no deer in this state either there was no deer hunting season and the deer were managed and uh I, I don't know the story exactly it can't be as entertaining as the one about the navy saving the wild turkey but you know this idea of a north american conservation model is unique to the united states and there's a reason that we now have deer in everybody's backyard geese in everybody's backyard we have black bear on the new jersey turnpike this is a conservation model that is unique everywhere to every place else in the world and it's been very successful and indiana has been the beneficiary of not only reintroducing things like the turkey the deer but we have the the peregrine falcons we've had bald eagles we've had otters that now have trapping seasons i mean it's a it's a pretty 
big success rate, and I know this is something that you've spent a great deal of time on. I'd be interested in some of your commentary and what you've come across. Well, uh, Brian, uh, this all stems uh, from the love of the hunter for the things he hunts. Uh, at uh, hunters and, and outdoor uh, lovers uh, uh, so appreciate wildlife that they're willing to pay taxes to support uh, the game programs and, and uh, comply with the regulations that uh, help us to control animal populations. And, and uh, it's, it's been because of, of the caring nature of the outdoorsman and the hunter that all of this has come about. Well, we also, that's so true. Um, we've talked about Pittman-Robertson. We've talked about Dingle-Johnson, these acts mm-hmm. that that's, were asked for by hunters and sportsmen to go back and basically fund fish and wildlife and restoration. And now we find it actually under attack, which I just can't understand. I can't understand. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but there's an introduct, introduced bill to, to get rid of Pittman-Robertson right now. Uh, to me, that's uh, probably one of the most deplorable things I've ever heard. Uh, these bills have done nothing but take money from the people who are in the sports themselves. Uh, willingly, and, willingly. Yeah, willingly, yeah. And, and used to promote uh, uh, not only the game species, but the non-game and endangered species uh, across the country. Uh, the thing of it is, is uh, we've only got one uh, uh, outdoors, and if we don't take care of it, we're not going to have it. Boy, you couldn't have said that any better. And, you know, you've seen and reported and written on and commented uh, in all of your years about and seen all these things reintroduced and more even to come. So it's a great witness to history that you've been able to had. You mentioned something in our last time that I thought was interesting about the carrier pigeon. Can you repeat that story? Yeah, uh, uh, the last carrier pigeon uh, was killed uh, uh, in uh, southern Indiana at uh, at Laurel about 1906. Uh, And this is unbelievable because the carrier pigeon at one time, they estimated their numbers in what may well have been the billions. Right. Uh, and uh, unregulated hunting and uh, uh, the uh, loss of the hardwood forest uh, to the axe and saw, uh, which took away uh, uh, their forage base, pretty much uh, decimated uh, the uh, pigeons. And uh, my uh, grandfather told me that his father had told it of seeing the time when the sky was black with uh, uh, the passenger pigeons overhead. I can so, only imagine. Yeah, it, um, and and uh, kind of like the buffalo, which numbered in the millions, but um, uh, in uh, the rampant destruction of them to uh, 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 punish the uh, Native American and uh, uh we got them down to only about a thousand uh, in the wild, and uh, praise God, they've recovered now. And, and uh, I think uh, the buffalo here in the United States are getting up close to a million now. I love it. You mentioned uh, earlier the grouse. I know the grouse is. We've taken some protective actions here in the state of Indiana through the Natural Resources Commission and putting them on a list, which usually means 
not good, but this was actually something that was to try to help these birds come back. Do you think we're going to have grouse back in Indiana ever again? Uh, Brian, I'm going to put it short and sweet. No, we're never going to have grouse back in Indiana again like we had in the past. And the reason for that is the public uh, conception of timber harvest. Right. Uh, Grouse actually flourish whenever we have clear cut. And clear cut opens up the forest floor for new uh, succulent uh, trees to come up uh, that the grouse just love and flourish in. And it's that type of timber harvest and not selective timber harvest uh, that the grouse do well in. And and the, the grouse populations of years ago was because of the deforested uh, southern United or southern part of Indiana uh, that uh, the uh, uh, farmers uh, uh, on that thin soil were finally run off of, and we had a slow uh, reemergence of forests down there, and and the grouse were just everywhere. I tend to agree with you, my friend, and that's a that's a very very unfortunate place to be. But you're right; public sentiment just doesn't have the appetite for what Mother Nature would would welcome in helping reintroduce so many species, not just grouse. Jack, as always, you're one of my favorite people. You're one of my favorite writers. You're always good for a story. You're a kind-hearted soul, and you've been a mentor to many. So, thanks for spending some time here with me on Indian Outdoors. Let's do this more often. And anytime you've got more tidbits and fun stuff to talk about, you just reach out to me. How's that? Sounds good, Dr. Brian. Uh, Always my pleasure. Get back to you soon. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. Wasn't that so much fun, huh? I could talk to Jack for hours. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors this beautiful weekend. We've got football, big weekend of football. Can't get, uh, hopefully it'll get better for my Irish. Couldn't get any worse than last weekend. But I always enjoy these Saturdays uh, and football and all that goes along with it. Plus, we've got some great outdoor stuff happening with hunting seasons coming in and around. And we're going to be on the we're on the verge of the archery uh, deer archery season to come up here very shortly. I love talking to our outdoor writers. We have dozens of fantastic outdoor communicators in the state, and many of them still print. Uh, many are online. Many are editors and work in different outdoor media capacities, podcasting, and they're all fantastic. But when it comes to old school and legendary, Jack Spaulding is truly the best. Uh, He has written several books. I always encourage. They're very, very funny. Uh, He tells great stories, one of the best storytellers in the business. But I was so thrilled with that story about the reintroduction of the turkey in Indiana. I knew it was a project that started in the 50s and 60s, but I wasn't sure where it actually got started. And, of course, he baited me right into the wrong answer, but followed it with a great story. Great conversation about 
the North American conservation model. We talked about grouse, as you heard, and uh, I think I agree with Jack. I don't think we're going to see a recovery of grouse until we have a better forestry uh, plan, and that's not for the lack of trying, but I don't think the, the public sentiment just isn't there right now, and that's a tragedy because Mother Nature has a way of healing herself, and we can reintroduce so many other great species if we did that. Um, it's good that the boats, uh, Boat Sport and Travel Show, the Fall RV and Boat Show, it's going to be next weekend, 23, 4, and 5. Check IndieSportsShow.com, as you heard Kevin, for pre-sale tickets, times, and all that good stuff. But I'm just so glad they're going to be back. I'm, I'm toying with an RV, toying with the idea. And as he said, if not now, when? And I kind of agree with him, so hopefully I'll see you out there. Remember, folks, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. It's a free call. Let the authorities do their work. If you hear something, see something, don't take matters into your own hands. 1-800-TIP-IDNR. Remember to turn in a poacher. Be safe, everybody. I'll see you in the great Indiana outdoors. I'll see you outside. Have a good one. Go Irish.